Hello everyone, this is Edgar. Um, this is gonna be, I guess, our second episode, or technically our second, um, or our first. We don't know yet, we'll figure it out. Um, but welcome to the show. Um, this is, uh, I think, a good time for us to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Edgar Ramirez. Um, I had the idea of starting this podcast with my friend Sebastian. Sebas, you can say hello if you want to. Hello, everybody. Um, the reason why we did this is because we wanted to provide a bit of a South American, Latin American view, twist on uh, football um, in general. So we're going to be talking here about the Champions League, the World Cup, the Copa America when, it, when it's time, um, the Euro Cup, Libertadores, of course, um, you know, all the, the major tournaments and what we think, obviously, is, is important to cover. Um, so we, yeah, we'll be doing this hopefully, um, the, we're aiming to do them weekly. Yeah, we're um, trying every week. Hopefully we can have yep. enough material to talk to you. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely think we will. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, Sales and I know each other for a while, um, and we're in different places. I'm in Chicago, he's in San Jose, California. Um, and we, you know, always talk and get together and discuss football, um, because we love it. So, you know, we, we thought it would be good to to put this out there uh, and just share with people so Sebas if you you know want to talk for a few seconds about yourself and anything you want to say uh, well I'm very pleased to start this project with you guys uh, we please let us know any feedback you guys want to give us we are very pleased to to do this for you and if soccer is something that we really love and we always have talk about uh, since we were in college so this is, this is a great opportunity for us to express our ideas but also maybe to hear from you back and if you ever want to give us feedback please let us know yep well i think we'll 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 see where it goes but but we're excited um so okay so today we're going to talk about um the four, four topics um we're going to start talking about Real Madrid, Bayern München, Bayern Munich, sorry. Bayern um, <laughs> Bayern München um, game. Um, I think there's a lot to say about that game. Um, then we're going to move on to talk about the Roma-Liverpool game. Um, definitely to say about the whole bracket there as well. We're gonna. The third thing we're going to try to touch on is the Europa League. I think particularly at the Atleti-Arsenal and uh, last yeah, but not the least, end, it's yeah. the end of an era. So it's yeah, kind of... it is. Yeah, we definitely need to talk about it. Last but not least, the Libertadores deserves a mention. I think um, group stages are about to close. There's, I think, just one match left, if I remember correctly, for for everyone. So I think it's worth talking about that for a few minutes. Um, so with that, Sebas, why don't you go ahead? Okay, first let's talk about the Champions League. We had Bayern Munich playing a. Real Madrid, they played at home in Real Madrid. Uh, it was a very exciting match, or all good football was, uh, but uh, I think uh, Bayern Munich came with a lot of pressure since they lost back in Germany. Uh, you can argue if it was fair or not, <laughs> but Bayern Munich came with a lot of pressure to the field. Um, I think they tried really hard. I think they did what they have to do. I think. To, like, to be fair, like some of the, the problems they had were in the defense, but precisely the goalkeeper. Since Manuel Noya is injured, I think they, they, 
this new goalkeeper had a lot of pressure in his shoulders and and he couldn't like cope with that the the first goal was just simply i think it was like a child problem you know like i don't know what do you think Edgar? i you know i was watching the game i was um it started off well um very exciting game i thought um i just it, you know i i don't i don't even know where to begin i i thought that bayern munich started off strong scored um and then second half begins and this mistake happens and it's the semi-finals of the champions league i don't think obviously no manager no one can ever account for that to happen yeah you know we're all human and mistakes occur and i guess if you're in that biggest stage but I, again i think like like you said it was a childish mistake the, the 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 goalie thought that he could get to the ball with 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 his hand, but then he realized halfway that oh crap, I cannot do that because it would be a free kick, and he did neither. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't do anything. It was very odd. I I th- I don't know. Is that something that you train? That's something that you do. I mean, if you do this for a living, that's something you should let, never let happen. It's you know it's 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 that like moment that second that you make the bad decision that kind of ruins it for everyone. I thought that the it was it was very impressive though how um, you know Bayern Munich tried and tried and tried and tried um, and they were close. I mean they had a lot of chances. I think they blew way too many chances um, d- yeah, during the whole even, game. They had a lot of chances and also a lot of possession of the ball and yeah. I think they they had a, I don't know I think. Also, the, to be fair, I think like that, the fact that they couldn't like score made them anxious. Yeah. But also, for example, the the referee didn't like account that hand. Marcelo. Yeah. yeah. To Marcelo, I think that that could have changed things way it's, much. You know, th- this sport is fascinating because it's really about moments and decision making. It is, you know. I mean, you know, Sebas, that my brother plays tennis, and people always say that tennis is a very mental sport. Oh, yeah. But this sport is too. I think, you know, growing up, when you play this game, I think everyone talks about technique, especially in South America, right? Technique, uh-huh. how good you are, oh, yeah. you know, with the ball itself, um, physicality. But I don't think we ever spend enough time talking about the decision-making and, and, and the mental strength that you need to have to, to prevail. And I think that even though some things are left to luck, like, you know, I think... A thousand times again, the goalie would not make that mistake, but he did it in that moment at the beginning of the second half, and it was two one, and that hurts. I mean, that <laughs> um, you know, you have to have a lot of strength, and you know, you now you have to score two goals in in Madrid. That is quite an undertaking. So, you know, th- this sport really makes you you have to really be mentally strong and prepared to take advantage of all the opportunities you're given because you are maybe one opportunity given mm-hmm. um, and you just have to be there to, to score and I think that in this case unfortunately Bayern Munich wasn't able to because I think from the two teams and the reason why I say unfortunately is because from the two teams I like Bayern Munich better I thought they played better actually um, they created a lot of chances they played really good football they had a lot of players injured which is worth mentioning not an excuse but worth mentioning and yeah. um, and, you know, I, I just would have liked, preferred to see them in the final 
Matt Ronaldo was nowhere to be found. Yeah, um, he didn't. I think he just bought like a first ticket, you know, in the first <laughs> like, like an audience. He was just there, but he didn't do anything. Neither in Germany, yeah, and neither in in Madrid. Like he exactly he was just gone. I, don't, I wonder why. Maybe he's trying to take care of himself or something, but I, I mean, he wants to win the World Cup. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get into that. But I don't yeah. think he, no, I don't think they can. I mean, hopefully this doesn't come to bite me <laughs> in yeah. the end, but I definitely don't think they can. Um, I think it's worth mentioning, you know, a, a fellow Latin American person that crushed it was uh, Navas, Navas, who is so questioned, right? In, yeah, I by think. Madrid. I think People are so unfair with Navas because I think he comes from a country which is not very big in soccer. Yep. Or not very known. Not big, but not known. So I think if he was born, if he was Italian, German, or Spanish, people would consider him like a god. Right. But since he's from Costa Rica, people are like, who is this guy? And he always has to prove himself. Yep. And he's been there for a while. How long he's has he been? been? There for a while. Four and years. Yeah, and yeah. Zidane has full confidence on him. Like yeah, him. I, I, you know, I remember watching him play at uh, Levante, which is you know obviously where, where I saw him play at least. And he was extraordinary, and I think he has been at Madrid too. I think the problem is that when you play for those big clubs, you have to be there when the moment the moment calls. Yeah. Um, you know. Ribery wasn't there. Ribery tried so hard, worked really, you know, created a lot of opportunities. But I think he missed a few chances that were important. I mean, he, that he shouldn't have missed. He, like, in that moment, in semifinals, you need to decide better. And Ronaldo had one, too, actually, if you remember correctly. Um, or if you remember, sorry. Yeah. That um, he just threw... Uh, he, it was just him, alone, against the goal. And he just threw all the way up. Yeah, he was not very connected in the match, I think. Yeah, my, my... But, uh, but definitely, definitely, Keylor Navas was like the man of the match. Yeah, <laughs> and he was, oh, was. And uh, I think he has been like that for several Real Madrid matches, especially uh, in the season. Yeah, he has proven to be uh, one, like I think a good replacement for Iker Casillas. And you know, Madrid was looking for somebody, and I think they found him. I just okay. think that I just think that. I, I honestly think that he will get replaced. I don't think he's going to stay there. Um, I think I, I heard I, I heard some comments he made that um, you know he would like to retire there, and of course, who wouldn't? Um, and I think he has the skill to do it too, and honestly, also the mental capability to to do it, the mental strength. Sorry, yeah. to to do it. But I think that Real Madrid is a team where you know if your PR is not. <laughs> does not follow you accordingly if your PR team doesn't inflate you as they should um, then you know unfortunately he's not a player that has much press yeah, that's kind that's, of the point that's I'm right. trying to make that's right probably he, he, he's not able to sell as many jerseys as Benzema right. or I don't know or Beckham Ronaldo <laughs> Beckham even Casillas was in his, back in his time like, yeah, yeah. but that, that goes really well with the comment you were making about him being Costa Rican yeah if he were Argentinian you know or 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 like one of the bigger Spanish countries, sorry, European countries, and he, I don't, I don't think he would have this problem as much, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's why I think it's because I think the sport lately has become a little bit more related that to that connection in between, you know, the skills and the and the press and the and the audience that you can reach. 
Yeah. So sometimes it's like more or less like Formula One, like like race like drivers don't get there because of their talent. Sometimes because they have like the sponsors to get there. You know what I mean? Right. Well, like the Venezuelan guy. <laughs> yeah, like the Venezuelan. No, but it's actually known in Formula One. Like it is kind of like respected in some way. You know, you don't have yeah. the sponsors to get there. Uh, you know, like the money to because it's like huge team of engineers. They cannot like put you in the to race a car like that. But anyhow, I think that's that's one thing. Another player that I want to, to talk about is a little bit about Javier Rodriguez. I think he's I wonder guy. why I wonder why you want to talk about Javier Rodriguez. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really glad because he's in a good level for the World Cup. Uh, as probably you guys in the audience don't know, I'm Colombian, so I'm very excited to see Javier Rodriguez and Falcao playing in the World Cup. I think he did an extraordinary job. I think people also were kind of complaining that he didn't celebrate the goal. Uh, I find it like kind of like have big feelings about it but I, I, at the end of the day he's free to do whatever he pleases to uh, technically Real Madrid is still his team he's being he's on a loan like German uh, Bayern Munich has a loan on James Rodriguez and they haven't paid any money yet for him so technically he's still like a Real Madrid player oh, you mean for tra for the transfer for right? the transfer yeah he's a uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I was impressed. I get it that you wouldn't celebrate. Salah did not celebrate against Roma. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But he, I just thought James just looked like he was about to cry because he scored against Madrid. Like, oh shit, I scored against, I scored against you know my 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 team. Um, it's like it, it almost seemed like he had scored against Colombia. I that that's why I have mixed feelings because for example he did. When he was in Real Madrid, he during his first season he was a main player. He had a great first season, but then when Zidane came along, he was not playing. You know, he was always like relegated to the bench. He was not, sometimes not even in, like invited to come to the matches. So I don't know why he's being so respectful to that team, if you ask me. And I think Bayern Munich is about to make the move to buy him. So I don't know. I will be more loyal to Bayern Munich in that way. I don't know. I, but, I, I, me too. But okay. Anyhow, I, I think Real Madrid has a very strong team to to make it to 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 make it. Do you think? Do you do you think final. that they deserved to go through? I don't through? know. I think I don't. I don't know. I don't think they deserve to go, but I think they have a strong team, and it's going to be very exciting to see them in the final anyway. So yeah, okay. I, I so agree. why don't why don't we talk about the next the next match? Yep, so the next match is the Roma-Liverpool uh, game. It was an interesting game, to be honest. I started watching when it was... Well, I started watching from the very beginning. And it was 2-1. And I was like, well, this is over. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> Everybody has the same mistake. <laughs> yeah, even me. And I was like, you know, and I don't know. There were some meetings that I had to attend. So I was like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll, I'll watch it. But, you know, I won't pay much attention. Um... I think that Liverpool always had it under control. I don't think that there was a scenario in which Liverpool was not going to make it through. That said, it was impressive that it ended 6-7 in aggregate, considering how it ended in in uh, Liverpool. I know. I think there is something there. I, I don't know what's the problem. I Sometimes I think it's the defense that they... It is the defense. Lovren needs to go. I mean, I think everyone agrees. Lovren, I mean, I don't know how he's a person, but he <laughs> is not a good player. I'm sorry. 
it's just sad to see. <laughs> yeah, but it's so it's so obvious. I, I think it's a mental issue as we were talking earlier. I think they feel that they have secured the match because at some point in this match they were winning the match. Yep. And then like they like Seque score and tie the game and then we know like at the last, last ten minutes Roma was hitting it really hard. They managed to score another goal at the minute sixty eighty six. And then they score a penalty somehow. Like <laughs> that penalty was very controversial, I think. Yeah. But I don't know. I what? I it I think they just... it was not needed. Yeah. I I don't know what to say about that. I mean you know, this word again is about making, you know, fast decisions, making the right decision. It's very ungrateful because as you see with the Bayern Munich goalie, Bayern Munich goalie you know, you are marked for life for that mistake and, and he will be, unfortunately. Um, but this game was just, it had everything. It had own goals. That that goal, uh, I don't know how you say his name, that Nyangolan scored, uh-huh. that, the goal, that the Liverpool goalie, I think it was the third goal, Liverpool goalie just like looked to the right and the ball bolted into the left side of the goal. I mean the game yeah in the in the fourth fourth two and that was the third Roma goal and min- minute eighty six and it was amazing. It was from an, I mean not necessarily from another match because it was a, a great match back and forth. Um but I what I'm saying is, you know, I thought that Liverpool had it under control and I did not expect to see a goal like that from from Roma. I would expect them to be completely devastated that, you know, shit, we're losing 2-1 at home, we're out. (laughs) We have to score like 10 goals, but they did not. They actually pushed and pushed and pushed. But I think at some point there, because I was watching the end of the game as well, and I just didn't see that drive of like, let's get the ball, let's go, you know, we're scoring another goal, let's get the ball, it's minute 86, we can do this, we can do this, we can score one more, we can do, you know... We can do this. So that, yeah, it's, I don't it's know. Very, what do you think? It's a very odd scenario because I think, I don't know why Roma and Liverpool, you know, like since Liverpool won already in, in Liverpool, back in Liverpool last week, I don't understand why Roma didn't start being more offensive at the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, I think yep. that goal, like, that very early goal changed like the, the roles in there, in their, in their, in their scheme. But at the same time, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why they were not that aggressive in the first half of the game. Of the game. I think after when they probably the the coach talked to them in the in the break during the the break. How you call that? The intermission. Halftime. The halftime. <laughs> and I think probably he he told them like, hey, you guys have to, you know, like this is the semifinal for Champions League, and we still have chances. So. I think uh, probably he he did something there, but I mean, so far it was great football. Oral, it was amazing. <laughs> it was it was good football, but again, mistakes. mistakes. I never expect to see like yeah. I never expect to see these types of mistakes at this level of the game. And you know, I get it. You know, people are people, and, and they make mistakes no matter how much money they make. Um, but the first Liverpool goal came from a explicit mistake from Nyangolan. That didn't pass correctly the ball um, to to his teammate, and Firmino stole it, and you know took it away, and Mane scored. Um, you know, and then you see that other match, and you see that very blatant mistake from the goalie. 
it's it's a little odd. I mean, I I don't really remember much of that in in other Champions Leagues. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, obviously, but just two mistakes like that that kind of define matches. It's it's very strange at this yeah. level, semifinals. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know why we saw errors like these, childish, but. Well, anyhow, like I, I, another thing that surprised me about this Roma Liverpool match was that Salah was not that present in this second match. I think Roma probably did a good job, like you know, like not letting him play much. Right. But he didn't. I didn't see him much during the game, as I I saw him in Liverpool. So yeah, I, that's... yeah. I I thought that he, you know, he did. It's hard to say he did his job because he didn't score and he scored a lot of goals. But he he was there. But I, I think Roman, I mean, I think hats off to them. If you're going to lose and be kicked out of the Champions League, this is probably how you want to lose. Um, you know, someone has to win, someone has to lose. And if you are going to, and if you're at the end of that, I think that this is how you have to lose. You know, you have to give it all, try your hardest. I still think that they didn't try as hard as they could have at the end. Like, I didn't see them getting the ball and running, you know, putting it down in the middle and being like, okay, come on, let's get let's get going. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, it ended 4-2, um, meaning that they did try and they moved forward with, um, you know, getting, yeah, t- trying to get through at least. Yeah. So they left so- with dignity. Yeah, I think, uh, talking a little bit ahead about the final, I think Liverpool has... It's going to be a very even match, in my opinion. I think Liverpool can make it as far as they do something with their defense. This is a a one-match and one-match final. You know, they they have to put everything there. So I'm really looking forward to see what's going to be Jurgen Klopp's you know, like uh, managerial decisions for that yeah, match. strategy. Uh, uh, his strategy. But uh, I think he has to probably work a little bit more and try to uh, spot a little bit better the, the weakness of the defense. Yeah. Both of them, though. I feel like yeah. um, Madrid also had some... Like Sergio Ramos, I think, had a, had a pretty big mistake trying to get the ball out and, and failing miserably um, during, during that match. So... I think, yeah, we're talking about definitely for Liverpool, the three people at the front are the strength. For Real Madrid, I don't know how to feel. I think that Zidane makes good decisions sometimes, most of the time, I would say. Um, But I don't really know what the team plays, like how they play. Like You can really tell how Liverpool plays, and especially when they're attacking. Um, with Madrid, I feel like, you know, they've been, they've gone through, yes, they're very capable, but there's been a lot of good fortune on their side, and I know that sounds really stupid to say, but I, I, I don't know, it's, it's really hard, I just cannot place a strat, like a really, okay, you know, Madrid is really good at, at defending and attacking and that they have yeah it's, it's really hard to define them exactly to define it's really them hard to yes. define like how they play and how they organize the team and sometimes he comes with you know like different uh, players that do different roles for example sometimes he plays with isco supplies he puts asensio sometimes bell is there sometimes benzema is there sometimes benzema is in the bench so you 
really don't know what he and and maybe ran. that's his strength maybe you know the fact that you don't know what's gonna happen the fact that he has in his mind at least so much variety right or or, or so many options um to 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 kind of uh, to attack or to play um is his strength yeah I think I mean if you see the squads of both teams, I think Real Madrid has a very comprehensive squad, yeah. meaning that they have good players from the goalkeeper all the way to the to the strikers. Um, I think Liverpool has really good strikers, have a very decent goalkeeper, but there are some players that are definitely not at the same level as a Real Madrid player. Well, Lovren is there, so. Yeah, we love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Oxley Chamberlain is not playing. That's that's a big one. I, that's I a think. Big one, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, if you see the 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 squad of Real Madrid. Technically, all of them are there because this is the only tournament they're playing. And yeah. The only tournament they can achieve something. Yeah. The, the league for them is gone. La Copa del Rey for them is gone. Technically, this is the only thing they can win this year, or this season. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very exciting. Very good. Very good week soccer week uh i want to talk a little bit about now moving a little bit to the europa league wait wait before you do that okay give me okay. a prediction for the final oh i don't know i think probably i, I gotta say that liverpool is gonna win two two one okay yeah i think that real madrid is going to win mm. 3-1 and Salah is going to score a, game, a goal. I, I don't want that to happen. I do want Liverpool to win, but I think Real Madrid's going to win. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that to happen. Okay. It would be, be so nice for Liverpool to win something. I know. I would love it too. They deserve it. I mean, I think they've done an amazing job. But, I mean, think about it. Madrid, and I'm sorry, I, ha I just have to mention this. Madrid have beat Juventus, Italian champion. They beat... Um, who did they beat just now? Paris Saint-Germain, um, Saint French champion, French. and Bayern Munich, German champion, multiple times, all of them, in their countries. Like, I think Bayern Munich has, like, what, fifth uh, consecutive or fourth consecutive um, championship. So, they, I mean, they came, you know, the hardest possible way. So, yeah, I mean, I maybe take, I take back a little bit the luck comment, um, because you cannot beat three champions by being lucky. Um, they, you know, I don't know. They just play their th that style that I guess I'm not super, super a, a fan of. Yeah. Well, we will see. I mean, Liverpool also they are not winning at home. Like they don't have the pressure of winning a tournament right now, or uh, they don't have a they haven't win anything this semester as far as I know. So probably they're gonna also put all their cards on the table for this match. I believe they they have a very strong team to to make it. As far as they don't lose control and don't th score and think that they have the game on the on, on the back or something like yeah. I think they they can still do a very decent job. You know, this is the the beautiful thing about soccer that you never know the outcome. Gonna happen. You know, like sometimes it's very logic and you think, oh yeah, because this team has spent a lot of money in resources and players, they're gonna make it. And as we've seen, for example, with uh, for example, um, let me think. Uh, uh, for example, with the English teams, well, um, Leicester, Leicester, for example, which they make it with very few resources, or uh, Manchester United, which they have to spend a lot of resources on players and coaching and 
everything and they are not even there <laughs> so yeah. i think this is this is good i think uh, jurgen club is gonna be this is gonna be his second final in a champions league so i think this is gonna be also exciting for him uh i think he's probably last time he didn't win so i think this is his time to this ride it's his time yeah it's time to shine so we'll see yeah. if that happens but yeah okay so yeah, I think we need to move on and talk to talk about our friend Arsene. Uh, who are you talking about? <laughs> Ars- Arsene Wegner. Oh, the okay, well, Europa League. This is the, yeah, this is the Europa League. Uh, the Europa League. Uh, I think it's the end of an era because Arsene Wenger. This is his last match in an European tournament, which for me is very exciting because I think he was not a good coach. I mean, to tell you the truth, I think his time to to go was many seasons ago. But I think he, like, I think Atletico won with a very easy match in in Madrid. And I think it's kind of sad to see Arsene Wenger, who even though he's not a good coach, in my opinion, or not the best coach, uh, it's hard to, to see the guy leaving with a defeat but uh, in this cha- in this uh, Europa League um, I think uh, it's going to be exciting to see the final, it's going to be Marseille uh, against um, Atleti against Atleti uh, Marseille played in Austria against Red Bull Salzburg which is a team that I to tell you the truth I don't know much about <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not even curious to know much about, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Marseille is a, is a very historic team in France. Uh, they won at the extra time. So it, yeah, these are, I, I think it's, it's going to be also a, an exciting final. Not as exciting as the Champions League, of course, but it, it will be nice to see Atletico win, in my opinion, or, uh, you know, because maybe if Edgar's uh, you know, like if what Edgar said happens and Real Madrid wins, it's gonna be uh, true. There's gonna be a, a final, a, a match in between Atletico and Real Madrid. Yes. Yeah. For the oh, Super I didn't Cup. think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched the whole game from beginning to end. The Arsenal uh, Atleti. Mm-hmm. Um, it. You know, I, I have to say this is the only thing I'm gonna say. When I was young and started, I'm going to date myself, I guess, with this, and started following international football, um, one of the first teams I started watching was the Arsene's, uh, Arsene Wegner's uh, Arsenal. The Thierry Henry, Robert Pires, Patrick Vieira, um, you know, the, that Arsenal that won the Premier League without losing a match. So, to me, it is momentous. I had to watch the game because even though I wanted Arsenal to go through and to end up in Champions League and because I like good field stories, I kind of knew, and I think everyone knew, that Arsenal does not play well enough to beat Atletico Madrid and to reach the final. I think Arsenal doesn't um, play very well ever <laughs> you know like I, I don't know it's been a, a they, while they haven't they, yeah, have they not. haven't played yeah. they haven't played very well and they have good players that baffles me I did not realize Ozil was in the game for like honestly 45 minutes 
Oh and I was like, oh shit, that's Ozil, the number 10 of Germany. I mean, the world champion Ozil. Um, I was, I don't know if it's, and, and you know, we've been talking about how this is how this is a mental sport and, you know, how you have men mental strength and it just seems that they are so demotivated. Um, I, you know, I think it's we will never need, know why. They need a, a, a refresh, a restart. That, that team deserves better because they have spent so much time uh, with Arsene Wenger, hoping for him to win something, and he doesn't get there. And I think uh, they they need uh, a little more like new players to refresh the squad a little bit. Uh, they have good players like Lucero Hill and Ramsey plays there. And I think Mkhitaryan, yeah, like I said, I mean, Sola plays there as well. But well, he's injured. And what's his name? Um, Bellerin. Ospina plays there. <laughs> you know, okay, we need to take a moment to discuss this for five seconds. You can mention Colombia players playing at the highest levels because we are, at the end of the day, talking about the you know last stages of the Champions League and the last stages of the Europa League, and I have no one to talk about. How sad is that? Yeah, that's very sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, we can move on. I had to but say that. I, I, I promise you that after the World Cup, that we're gonna see more Peruvian players in in Premier teams because I'm not saying this lightly. I just I think Peru has a great squad, and I think the World Cup is gonna be a great scenario for recruiters and you know like headhunters of these teams to spot them. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened with Chile, for example, and that's right. what happened with Colombia in the last World Cup. So I'm pretty sure, believe me, Peru probably the next years you guys are going to see an increase in players playing in premier teams in in europe because i i don't know i want to see just imar jutun for example playing in europe i like him <laughs> he, he's he's a, he's a good player yeah, no, never like carlos darwin of course no i'm kidding yeah. <laughs> 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 <It's> scientifico. <laughs> we had to mention him on the first yeah. show <laughs> it's been a bonding experience yeah. um no, but yeah, I, anyway, I mean, I just wanted to say that because it is, you know, obvious and it's there. I think, I thought Ospina did, you know, a decent job in the match. Um, I thought that the match was, was good. It was... Um, Atleti played what he had to play. El Cholo Simeone was, you know, suffering and he celebrated... I don't know if you saw it, but he celebrated, he screamed, basically. It was an explosion when, when they moved through. Uh, Arsenal, I don't think, shot at all in the first half. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was horrible. They did not deserve to go through. Atleti's fair, fair. Um, it's, it's fair that they move forward, and I'm I, I think they will win it. Yeah, yeah, I think they have everything to win it. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, so Godin, far, Godin is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, and I think Marseille doesn't have that many uh, players or resources to make it there, like. Yeah, they, I think they, I think they do have Payet, but yeah, I don't really know much about Marseille. Um, but that so anyway, I think it's gonna be an interesting match to yeah. to watch that final. Definitely, we're gonna have great matches before the World Cup, which is very exciting. Yeah, and what are we gonna talk about when the before in that moment before? I think it's thirty days that the players need for. Are we gonna talk about the local the Liga Postobón? <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Adios is trying to make it, so we'll see. Yeah. Adios is, is in the 
in the playoffs, we talk about it. If they don't make it, I think we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. Um, okay, last thing I wanted to talk about, and I think I'm just going to say this briefly, is um, the Libertadores. And specifically, you know, it's it's actually it's an interesting Libertadores. I've seen a few matches, um, some good, some not great, but, you know, it's group stage. Um I want to talk about the performance of Peruvian teams, because that's where I'm from, by the way. Um, from Peru. I want to talk about the performance of Peruvian teams in Libertadores, especially my hometown team, Alianza Lima. I am devastated, I think, as everyone else is. It's not like we didn't expect this, to be honest. Um, but, you know, and so as we talked about this briefly before we jumped on the on the podcast, I don't know why this keeps happening. We have qualified to a World Cup for the first time in 36 years. We are building, yes, we're still building the building blocks to have a better league, uh, to have more resources. I just don't understand how one of the, let's just say it because, you know, we can, the most popular and the most, yeah, the most popular, the team with most fans in Peru, which is a country of 33 million people, cannot make it, can't just make one point in the Libertadores. It's shameful. And yes, we did get a tough group. Junior de Barranquilla, Boca Juniors, Palmeiras, you know. But we didn't play at anything. And it just makes me really sad to see that. It's, you know, we're eliminated already. I think it's been made like two, um, two matches ago. So it's just, I you know, we, we need to see some change. And I, I hope that the World Cup qualification is a catalyst for for that change it, it has to be um i i mean to tell you the truth i mean to be fair alianza lima have the worst group that's not an excuse well but you know like they were playing against <clears throat> yeah Boca juniors and palmeiras and junior which this year spent a lot of money they did yeah because of not football reasons they hired like really good players because he's a uh, election season election <laughs> in Colombia. yeah the owner of, of junior is a politician so believe me or not this is this impacts on that like that's why they hired teo and chara and all these players that are like and then mudo rodriguez, El mudo rodriguez. <laughs> that stays injured <laughs> yeah so that's why i mean i think it's a little bit not fair I think uh, overall, I think everything is a process, and I think Peru probably is starting to realize that. And at some point, you know, like the league and the national team are a little bit, they are. are separated in the way they perform. Like sometimes, for example, in Colombia, for example, the national team is way better than the league. You know, like how the league performs is actually really poor compared to what the quality yeah. of football you see. In the national team same thing happens in mexico in the opposite direction you see yeah for example the mexican league is really good you have players even from europe playing in the mexican league uh, but then you see that the national team sucks they don't have a, <laughs> they, they don't have players to choose from when it comes to a match you know so i think that uh, peru is probably gonna see this improvement in the future but uh, it's a process. You guys just gotta be patient. But uh, I think in the future you guys will see an improvement. Uh, I think also it's very surprising for me. For example, Bolivia. Yeah, is, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Exactly. They haven't qualified to a World Cup in a while, and they their teams perform well. And here's the th- here's the little point I want to make. 
Um, after Peru qualified to the World Cup, we the the private corporations started. Oh yeah, maybe we should probably you know invest some money on this thing. So they started investing in in the team, in, not in the team, sorry, in in the federation. So the the the, the entity that manages um, the national teams, in, in the soccer, the football national teams. Um, so yeah, you're you're totally right that there are two different things, but it, there should be some spillover. And I think those classes, they you know the, the business classes, should have realized a long time ago that a lot of people follow this, and that they, you know, a little bit of investment doesn't hurt uh, here and there to to make people happy. It it just baffles me that it's been so long that we go to the Libertadores and we end up with no points, that we perform really poorly because you can lose. And tie into what I was saying earlier about Roma, you can lose, but man, you really need to try and play and defend. Our first match against Boca Juniors, people were like, oh, I didn't like that. I liked it. Boca Juniors is far better than us. But we tied that game and we played smart. We defended, close lines, had the players, you know, run uh, on the sides or straight to, to get, you know, long balls, almost scored at the end. Good game, well well played. The rest of the games have not been that good. When Teo came into the field in Barran- in, in Barranquilla to play against us, he entered like oh, he went into the pitch in minute sixty. We we lost. Um, they scored. You guys scored. Or sorry, uh, Junior scored two goals and and we were out. It's just you know you you need to have investment. You need to have um, quality of players and you need to have. Um, the infrastructure, not just the club, but like the private companies to help you. And I hope that that changes with the qualification. Yeah, I mean, talking about the the Colombian league, for instance, in the in the in the Libertadores, we are becoming like a Bundesliga in <laughs> in, in in South America. Is that a good or a bad thing? It's a bad thing because you know the Bundesliga, the only team that achieves things is Bayern Munich and the other ones just follow but they don't they are not at the same level you know like sometimes we have Bayern Leverkusen competing against Bayern Munich for the championship sometimes Borussia Dortmund but it's always always Bayern Munich is there so in Colombia it's happening sadly the same thing with Atletico Nacional Nacional is always there achieving extraordinary results but then, for example, we have Millonarios, Santa Fe, and Junior, and, you know, they, they're not performing as great as they should. Well, Junior a little bit better, but, for example, Millonarios had a very easy group because, you know, they, they were playing against Deportivo Lara from Venezuela, which is a very, not very known team with not very known players in a country in the middle of a crisis. You will think that that would make them, like, you know, like, play better against them but they they went to Venezuela and they lost and they have they're playing against Independiente which is a very weak team in Argentina it's not the Independiente that it used to be well historically it's not weak but today yeah well historically yeah but today the Independiente today is not good like they also lost against Lara over there in Venezuela so I don't know yeah as you said something gotta change I, I, I think good examples to learn from I think Bolivia and Paraguay Paraguay always has a team uh, make, which makes it like far in the in the in the tournament and Paraguay is a country with very limited resources a very small population and yet they managed to get 
their teams manage to get far. And they always build a really good squad. Sometimes the, the squads of Cerro Porteño or Libertad. Yeah. They, right. Like some of these teams, they all like they are seats for the national team, and the national team mm-hmm. is extraordinary sometimes as well. So yeah, I don't know. This is uh, uh, my my thought about it. Just I think you should be patient. You will see results at some point. <laughs> I, I've I've been waiting for a long time, so I was, yeah. but I waited well, for the World uh, Cup, so it's coming. I, wait, I waited. <laughs> I waited. I tell you, I waited twenty five years to see Villarreal win the championship in Colombia. <laughs> twenty five years. Oh my I mean, goodness! Uh, when I was when I was born, Millionaire was losing everything, and I was it was like the you know like the Chicago Cubs of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> now they are, they won the championship last year, and like a hey, like the Chicago, Cubs. <laughs> the Chicago Cubs. So yeah, just be patient. Eventually, things will change. I think uh, Peru has everything to. To make it farther uh, in terms of, for example, they have a good stadium, good stadiums, good like environment. Like the, the economy is very strong as well, with that helps when you need to buy players. Uh, I think what is the problem is that you guys didn't have a second division, and you, now you guys have one, right? Yep, we do. After like yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, I, I do hope it gets better. I think that the involvement of you know private entities will help, and you know people that are qualified and to do work and not just you know corrupt people i mean the two main teams in peru are in bankruptcy owned by the state state entities so it's you know obviously not not a good thing so hopefully that turns around and you know we turn around too okay um well well, i think this is it right yeah this was our podcast thank you everybody for listening to listening to this podcast so the first one in a series that we plan to do uh, we are planning to talk about the World Cup eventually, uh, talk about different topics as well. Uh, this for th- for this week we decided to talk about the Champions League and the Europa League and the and and all these tournaments uh, that are happening before the World Cup. But eventually we will talk about the VAR and different leagues and so uh, just keep tuned. And yeah, Edgar, do you have anything to add? No, just thank you so much and good night. Good night.